It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am the host and... uh, Well, we'll be together for about an hour today just talking about the good things of the Lord. As I say, this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and uh, all that God is doing in his glorious kingdom. And I do believe that the church is still powerful, but we do have a few uh, difficulties along the way. We're going to talk about some of these things today. We do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak one of one another. And that's uh, been a good thing now for 1,140 shows. There's a lot of talking over a lot of years. And um, that reminds me to invite you, if you are involved in Christian ministry, I'd love to interview you. I'd love to have you come on the show and just talk about passion because I've said many, many times that Passion is what drives this show. Somebody comes on this broadcast and they just share their heart about what God is doing in his kingdom. And, uh, well, we need to tell that story because, well, there's a lot of people out there trying to tell it in the wrong way. We need to tell it in the right way. We need to be bold and we need to be willing to proclaim what we believe without fear of anything. Just saying, God You give me the words to speak, and I will speak them, and you have that opportunity right here on the Gospel on the Radio talk show on 94.1 every Sunday morning, 8 o'clock. Give me a call. Let's set it up, 850-567-1703. Remind you that you can find these uh, broadcasts on the podcast if you'll type in pastor jack king tallahassee then it'll come up and you'll find all kinds of shows there with all kinds of content interviews uh this good gospel talk and uh also a reminder to join me monday through friday for the daily broadcast and that's a teaching of the word of god at 11 o'clock here on 94.1 and then of course don't forget the Saturday Night Gospel Sing every Saturday night, 7 o'clock. We play the best music on the planet. And we're going to play a little bit of music for you today on the show. But first of all, let me just kind of set things up, kind of what's on my mind. And um, here recently on some of the daily broadcasts and things, I've been just kind of jumping off of a thought that – The Lord Jesus said, he says, for in this world, you shall have tribulation. Now, tribulation just simply means trouble. There's going to be some trouble. And it seems to me like that in this season of my life, I've been running across a lot of people who are having trouble in their life. And uh, as a pastor, you... uh, you hear a lot of these type of things, and uh, you try not to carry everyone's burden, but it's hard not to. 
And sometimes it just seems almost overwhelming. But I know, I know the God that I serve. And I do believe that he's able to do all things. But one of the things that concerns me, and that's just in the area of relationships, because the thing is, is that as a nation, we're really only as strong as our families. And I've said that many, many times. And when there are attacks on families and relationships begin to break down, there are all types of problems that are manifested out of that. If you have a a family and, and uh, there's a breakdown in discipline, there's a breakdown in the, maybe they're one of the one of the uh, parents are absent from the home and then children grow up and they don't have the right foundation. They go out in life and uh, things just go haywire. And we, we, can, we can all identify with what I'm talking about here. Here's the thing. When young people get married, and most people who are young are the ones that get married. I know that I know you, and you do too. There are many, many people that you've met and uh, known, and maybe it's a second marriage or later in life. But generally, when you think about marriage, you think about young people. And uh, the question is, what do you really know when you decide to go into the bonds of marriage? See, I think back about 45 years ago. I made that plunge. I was almost 26 years old when I got married. My wife was just a child. (laughs) There's seven and a half years difference in age. I I literally met her. She just turned 16 when we met. And uh, I thought she was a very mature young woman. And she was because of her life circumstances. She'd been through a few things. But... uh, when you start living with someone, everything becomes uh, very, very visible. And you find out, oh, maybe not as mature as we thought. But I can speak for Tammy and I. We've, we've managed to get through all those things. And one of the things that made a huge difference in my life, and I believe in our marriage, is... Uh, well, I went to Bible college, and uh, some of the courses that I had to take at Bible college was counseling, counseling. And uh, I tell you what, as I sat there and listened to some of these uh, anointed teachers, and I just felt like that there really wasn't a class going on here. This is just this man sitting here talking to me it's like he could just read my mail. <laughs> I mean, he could just read my mind. And many of the things that he, and there were, there were two of them, and uh, so they, so many things that they taught so helped me to be able to deal with uh, some of my past family relationships as I grew up uh, as a young man, things that happened in our family it's amazing how these words that I'm listening to and these principles that I'm hearing helped so much. And, uh, well, over the years, 
I have, as a pastor, I have performed uh, uh, several marriages. I don't have a number for you, but uh, there's been quite a few. But the best I can figure is that I'm about 50%. And what do you start, we talk about, pastor? I'm talking about those that I have uh, married and put them together as husband and wife. Only about half of them are still together as husband and wife. Now, that's that grieves my heart. It really does. And uh, I try not to feel personally responsible, but uh, I do carry a bit of a burden about it. But every uh, couple that I've ever married, I've done counseling with them, Bible counseling, teaching many of the principles that I learned during those uh, classes at Liberty Bible College, those wonderful, wonderful principles that these men taught. And uh, we had another class that uh, we had to take, and actually my wife actually went to this class as well, it's called Family Relations. And it was also very, very helpful in being able to deal with circumstances of life. Because basically what you have here is you have two people, and uh, they're, quote, dating. And uh, see, I'm still old-fashioned enough to believe that people just date before they do other things. And you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, but so Tammy and I, we, we dated, and she's still living at home because, uh, I mean, literally, uh, her daddy is very strict, and she had to be home by 10 o'clock the night before we got married. I mean, that's just the way it was. But uh, anyway, as you begin to understand that uh, when you come together as two people are married, it's like being in a pressure cooker all of a sudden. It's not like it was when you were you were dating her and you took her home and then you went on your own life. No, you don't take her home anymore. Your home is her home. <laughs> and I remember uh, when we were on our honeymoon and uh, the thought occurred to me, this woman is going to be everywhere I go for the rest of my life. And I had just a, a moment of, and then all of a sudden I thought, yeah, but it's her. It's her. And uh, well, 45 years later, I'm very happy to have her in my life and go to the places that we go together, do the things we do together. So I want to just take some time today just to talk about some principles that perhaps maybe there's somebody listening today and, and you're, you're in a time in your life when there's some struggles going on. And, and you can see where it's going and it's not good. And uh, you have to think about all the people who suffer when a family breaks up and a man and a woman, they, they decide to go in uh, two different directions. They think, oh, it's just better this way. But I'm telling you what, the pain that it inflicts on so many, so many people. See, my, my wife is a, is a product of divorce. Her parents split up. She was, uh, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. She still carries the scars of that. And uh, sometimes it's just, I just scratch my head and just wonder in amazement that people don't understand this. And uh, sometimes she's told me, uh, no, her, her mother has passed now. 
But she says sometimes she finds herself in a situation when she's just, she's that little 12-year-old girl again, being caught in the middle. And that's what happens so many times in relationships. And the thing is, is that relationships break down when communication breaks down. And uh, I remember there was a there was a country song that talks about uh, living single in a double bed or something like that. I mean, where you know you're you're in the same house all the time. You sleep in the same bed, but you're not really there. There's just no communication. It's totally broke down, and uh, this relationship is is not long for this world if something doesn't break through. And I've talked to people who. Um, but you know they've they they've went through a divorce in the early years and they've moved on and other things. And just talking to them, there've been times people said, you know, if we could have gotten some help, we might have been able to have worked through these things and stay together. But oftentimes people say, well, there is there's there's no help. Nothing is going to help us. And then sometimes you'll have one that's willing to go for help, but the other won't. And uh, you say, why is that? Sometimes it's just pride. Sometimes it's just, oh, it's just not going to work. And sometimes people just don't care. And uh, I've had that before in a counseling situation where uh, a husband simply just said to me, he says, I don't care. Well, there's not a whole lot I can do with that. That's that's just kind of, I think we're done here. But Many times it's not that way at all. That if somebody says, you know, I really don't want to have to go this direction, but it's just we just can't seem to work things out. And here's the thing. The arguments and the miscommunication has to do with basic, simple things of life, such as money, children, faith, and uh, that's a big one. You, you might not think it is, but it's a big one. And then, of course, it's always, it comes down to the personal relationship. And uh, so we're going to talk about some of these things, um, talk about anger, talk about forgiveness. And uh, if you'll stay with me, I think you might learn a few things. It might be very beneficial to you. And you say, well, I'm, I'm doing okay. Me and my wife or my husband, we're doing fine. But maybe there's somebody that I know and uh they could use a little help. So we'll play a little music for you just to kind of get things rolling here on the broadcast. We'll be back. I do, and uh, it's 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 still the truth that that holds the answer is in Jesus Christ, and I I've seen this I've seen this in people's lives where when they give their heart to Christ and they trust Him, then uh, God helps in the whole restoration, the whole healing process. A couple of scriptures that uh, just to share with you. Matthew chapter number nine, verse 29. This is concerning two men who were blind. And the, 
They said, Thou, Son of David, have mercy on us. They're talking about Jesus. And uh, and he said, Jesus said, Believe ye that I'm able to do this. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith. According to your faith. And I know that when people are hurting and they're struggling, it's hard sometimes to just to be able to depend on faith and have their faith rise to the level that they can see God's hand work. But it is a tremendous, powerful truth if we can allow our faith to rise. According to your faith, Jesus said. And then in Mark chapter number 9, this would be in the uh, 23rd verse. It simply says, uh, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. And that's what the uh, Toy Burns family were singing. The, Jesus is the answer. If it's possible for you to believe. Because I know that when you are for a period of time in the valley of despair, it's hard to believe that that could ever change. And in your mind, it just becomes, this is the way it is, and this is the way it always will be. And many times, people think, well, the easiest way out of this is just to separate and just get a divorce and go on with life. But it doesn't work that way, especially if there are children in the situation because they are the ones that suffer. So as I was saying earlier, Money, children, faith, but communication. And communication is the key. I don't know whether any of you all have ever seen the movie Fireproof. If you've never seen it, I would recommend it. It is a really good movie. And it's one of those that's um, um, it's produced by the church in Albany, Escapes my mind just for a second. Sherwood, I think it's Sherwood Baptist Church in Albany, Georgia. They have produced these these movies, uh, Facing the Giants, uh, Fireproof, uh, Courageous, and uh, I think there's maybe a couple more. But this movie, it, it talks about, there's a couple, and uh, Kirk Cameron is the, 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 the actor, the, the male actor. And this couple, they're, 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 well, matter of fact, had filed for a divorce. The, the woman had filed for the divorce, and the divorce was uh, imminent. But God turned it around through faith and through building the relationships. I'd recommend the movie. I really would to, to anybody. But here's the thing. When young people are thinking about marriage, they're not thinking about the practical things of, of life and living together. <laughs> we, we know what's on their mind. And um, the thing is, is that they say, oh, I'm in love. And my response to that is that who really knows what love is? And I know, you're, boy, you're on my case. Read my book. If you ever get a chance, read my book. Dreams and visions and stories of faith. And I have a chapter in there on love. 
and I identify what I believe the love is, and then there are very few people that agree with me. I'm just telling you. It's, it's, it's been funny to me just to listen to people. But I ask people, I say, well, what is love? Well, almost exclusively, especially if you're a Christian, you can say, well, the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, that tells you what love is. But if you read it and understand that you find it, it really doesn't tell us what love is. It tells us the manifestations of love. In other words, it says love or, or charity. It says charity to King James or love. Love is. In other words, these are the manifestations of love. But what is love? Well, I'll tell you what I, what I tell you in my book. You probably won't believe it. But I can back it up. I believe that love is just simply choice. It's choice. You choose. You choose. And, you, and the choosing is, has much to do with behavior and things that you want to do. You say, well, Pastor King, you're taking all the romanticism out of it. Well, the truth of the matter is, is that the romanticism is what, is what gets people in trouble. Ooh, man. <laughs> I know, I know I just up some, set some folks with that. It's simply this, is that when it's all based upon emotion and it's based upon as you see that person in the moment, but I got news for you. 45 years later, she won't look the way she looks now. Oh, my goodness, Pastor King. Well, let me say this. My wife, Tammy, she was uh, just a beautiful little red-headed girl when I married her. She's 18 years old, two weeks out of high school. She don't look like that anymore, but she's beautiful to me because we have grown and matured and have grown old together, and I'm much older than her. But you see, if it's just based upon the way they look, I remember back in the, I guess it was the 70s, maybe the 80s, there was a, a commercial, Clairol, and, uh, and uh, they had this beautiful young woman. She's running through the field, flowing gown, and uh, he's running toward her, and it says, the closer she gets, the better she looks. <laughs> in other words, it's all about the looks, and it's all about the uh other things and uh, the communication that will cause that relationship to be strong later oftentimes it's just not there and then all of a sudden you're, you're living in the same house and you're you're in the pressure cooker and the things that you didn't talk about before have now become a huge problem because you're not on the same page and one of them has to do with money. Money is a man. That's 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 a that's a backbreaker right there. Because here's the thing about money: is it in in the early days of your relationship with money, you can you can just go ahead and just spend it all, and uh, you'll get by with it for a while. But then you started to. Put stuff on credit. 
And so now the credit cards are taking cash out of your pocket every month, which means that you now have less cash to spend on the essentials of life. And it becomes pressure, pressure. And then it comes to that point to where that's just not a month, not enough. The old expression, I run out of money before I run out of month. And then the bickering starts. And uh, now we have the beginning of relationships breaking down. And what happens is that we stop talking because you're angry. You're mad. And every time you attempt to talk about it, it just starts another fight. And then next thing you know, you got two people living in the same house kind of walking around like zombies and they're not talking. And uh, that's only going to go on for so long. And then sooner or later, somebody's going to say, I'm out of here. And uh, another casualty, another casualty, which begins to erode at the very fiber of life, of a family, and I believe of a nation. And so we need to be able to repair these things. So here's the thing, some principles. <laughs> I had to learn these things because Tammy and I went through a very difficult time that had to do with money. And um, when you find yourself in serious debt, it can become very, very depressing. And uh, I had a banker that told me something that was just so simple. And, and probably when I tell you this, you're going to say, well, didn't you know that? I said, well, maybe I did, but I hadn't applied it. He said simply this. He said, you have to do one of two things. Either you have to spend less or you have to make more. Well, sometimes that making more it's not as easy as you might think when you're already working two jobs. And there are oftentimes that's what's happening in families. They're both working two jobs. And there's still not enough money because they have not learned how to rein it in and spend less. You see, there's something else that uh, I was taught along the way, and it helped me a lot. Is said, what is the difference between the deficit and the debt? What is the difference between the deficit and the debt? Well, think about it for a moment. Let me help you with it. Well, it's simply this. The, uh, the debt is how much you owe. And uh, that could be $100,000. That could be $50,000, $30,000, whatever it is that you owe, that's your debt. But your deficit is how much at the end of the month are you spending more than you're taking in? How much are you spending every month that's more than you're taking in? There's your problem, and that's where you got to attack. You have to attack. And uh, 
when Tammy and I came to that reality that we can't keep doing what we're doing, we're we're pastoring a small church. Um, I'm working a secular job. I had my business. She'd started to work, and she had a little business going and uh, trying to keep up with everything. And finally, one day, we just made a, a rule. They said, we will not borrow any more money. Because we, we, we're playing the old games. It's, you know, credit cards, uh, get another credit card to pay off the other one. And you're always looking for that smaller interest rate. And, of course, the, the more trouble you get in, the, the more difficult that is. And uh, it's just the deficit, the deficit was there. The debt was getting bigger and bigger. So finally, we just looked each other in the eye and we said, unless we both absolutely agree, we will not borrow any more money. And uh, that's been almost 25 years ago. And we have somehow or another, and this is a, Something that Dave Ramsey, and of course, at that time in our life, we didn't even know who Dave Ramsey was, never heard of him. Uh, but one of the things that after I started listening to him on the radio, one thing that he said it stuck with me. He says, you can always find a way. You think you can't, but you can always find a way if you're committed to it. And then my wife, she's so smart. She came up with this idea. And uh, this is going to sound awfully familiar when I tell you what this is. She said, why don't we just take our smallest bill and we'll pay it off. We'll attack that. We'll pay it off. And then after we've paid that off, we'll take the money that we were spending on that and put it on the next one. And that's exactly what we did. And those of you who listen to Dave Ramsey, you know that's his plan. And I wish I had written a book <laughs> because it was a good plan and it worked for us that's exactly what we did and uh, over a process of years paid everything off including the mortgage and uh, we've been debt free for for years and i'm telling you what you talk about taking pressure off that'll take pressure off like you won't believe it i sometimes i see people and they got a wallet full of credit cards and and uh if somehow or another that would come up in conversation, oh, they got the plan. Oh, I've heard it. Oh, yeah, well, I, I got this, and I get these points back for this, and I say, you can you can keep all of that. We use debit cards because with a debit card, the money's in the bank. We don't have any credit cards, and we 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 never will again, never. But see, we were able to do this because we were able to sit down. And rationally, and <laughs> when you're married to a redhead, that's not always easy to do. Talk about it. We came up with a plan. We attacked it. And uh, it's amazing now in our life. We want to do something. We can do it because we've, we've brought the discipline in, taken a lot of the stress out. But the crazy thing about it is that we we live very very frugal. We don't we're not big spenders. We're just not. Um, my wife, the thing she spends money on more than anything is the grandchildren. <laughs> and and the thing is, is that we talk about this sometimes. Something comes up and we want to do this, and we go, "Hey, 
We can do that. It's okay. It's okay. We can do that because we've we planned for it. We prepared for it, and and uh, it's not gonna not gonna stress us out. We can go ahead and, and do that. That's a wonderful feeling. I'm just telling you. So, money, money. You got you got to deal with a money issue. And this is what I'm saying. When you're young, before you get married, if you can sit down and come to an agreement and have a plan, it'll help you so very, very much. I tell you what. God. God will take care of you. God takes good care of me. He does. He really does. And uh, if you trust him, he will. He'll take good care of you. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host. And uh, I just love spending time with you on a Sunday morning. I hope that these shows are a blessing to you. And I hope that we all grow in our faith together. And I'd like to invite you to come worship with us at the church that I pastor. I pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We're at 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza. That is between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. Easterwood Drive is where you turn in to go into Tom Brown Park there by the National Guard Armory. So let's say you're there and you're heading toward Park Avenue. Well, you'll find us on the right-hand side of the road. You'll see our sign out there on Sunday morning. And uh, it's a storefront. It's not a conventional church. It's a storefront. But uh, we love people. And we love visitors. Uh, Sunday school at 10, worship service at 11.05. And uh, frcm.us. Check us out. We'd love to have you come worship with us today. So, Relationships, uh, just getting along and uh, building a quality family and uh, communication. We talked about money and how important that is to have the understanding there. And uh, whenever I counsel people who are looking to get married, talk to them about the children. Talk about the children that... uh, we hope it comes as a part of this union. And uh, talk about such things as discipline and about church and faith and uh, how we're going to raise these children, what is going to be our standard, what kind of church are we going to attend, uh, what do we believe, what are our, what is our doctrine, what are, what are our principles that we think are important when we talk about a church and being part of a church family. And uh, let me just say this about the discipline aspect of it. Uh, Tammy and I, we raised four children. We have a, a young lady that we consider to be our spiritual daughter. She's number five, but we didn't raise her. So the four that we raised, three girls and, and a boy, uh, God has so, so blessed us with these children and, and with the fifth one, too. They're just wonderful people. They they're they're productive in society. They they have jobs. They're good jobs. One of them owns their own. Well, actually, two of them owns, owns their own business, and uh, doing well in life. 
but we taught them principles and about hard work. And this is what I used to say. I said, say what you mean, mean what you say. In other words, don't go around threatening these children that you're going to do something that you're not prepared to do. And uh, see, now I, I was one of those who we, we spanked our children if they needed it. But I always considered a, a spanking to be equal to dropping the atomic bomb. If any way you can avoid it, there's other ways to deal with it. Most of the time, there is. And, uh, but we just taught them to be consistent about if, we, if I tell them something, then that means you, you're going to do what I say. And <laughs> we're not going to have it any other way. Discipline. So we taught discipline and we taught love. And uh, one of the things that, that uh, is very important, and, and my wife and I in our relationship, children said, you don't ever strike a child with your hand. You don't just haul off and just slap, slap a child. No, no. But see, what I'm saying is that these are all things that should be talked about. Who's going to be the, the main disciplinarian in the family? And uh, such things as prayer, just sitting at the table and having a meal together, all of these things are very, very important. But again, communication. Communication is the key. It's so important. And what I'm going to tell you next, and I tell this to Couples, when I'm doing marriage counseling, I said, if you don't get anything else, you get this. You get this. It may just save your marriage. And I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to play a little song for you. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you something that, well, I'm just telling you, it's key. It is absolutely the key. It's tribute quartet. It's called More Than Able. Don't go away now. I got something very important I to tell you. A life so sad and lonely. You'll find that he is more than able to get blessings from his table, more than able to give victory again. Quartet, more than able to give victory again. So, here we go. As I told you, if you didn't get anything else that I've told you this morning, listen to this, because it just might save your marriage. And it has to do with rejection. Because what rejection will do, rejection will lead to brooding. And you say, well, Pastor King, what in the world is brooding? Well, a uh, good definition of brooding is non-productive thinking. In other words, you're thinking about the same thing over and over and over again, but you're not finding any solutions. And what it does, it attacks you. It brings in physical and mental and emotional fatigue and it just wars 
It's just wars on your spirit. So we have to be able to deal with the brooding. And uh, what we have to do is we have to find forgiveness. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But what brings this on so oftentimes is rejection. And there are two different types of rejection. One is uh, overt and the other is covert. Remember those terms, overt and covert. Overt rejection is it's obvious. Somebody snubbed you, you know it. And generally, you can deal with it because it's so obvious. But it's the covert rejection that'll get you because you don't even know. You don't even know what happened. Let me give you some examples here. Back uh, before I was married, lived in a house over in Pensacola that I owned. I had two roommates. We were all three of us were students at the Liberty Bible College. And one Saturday morning, I'm out working on my yard, and these two brothers in Christ, uh, good friends, they were going to play tennis. So they came out that morning. They had their tennis rackets, and uh, we talked a little bit, and they went on their way. And uh, I'm there at the house doing yard work, and all of a sudden, well, maybe not so much all of a sudden, but as the day progressed, I found myself being angry at those two and uh, couldn't really understand it. Why I was having these emotions of anger toward these two guys. Couldn't figure it out. Did not figure it out until I'm sitting at class at Liberty Bible College listening to these wonderful counselors teaching. And then as they were teaching about this, this came back to my mind. I said, so that's what happened to me. I was angry at those two because they did not invite me. I was left out. I was rejected, but I didn't even realize that is covert rejection. And it can happen, and you come home, gentlemen, you come home some night, and she's throwing pots and pans around in the sink and uh, across the stove and, and just making a clatter, and you say, honey, what's wrong? She says, nothing. <laughs> Don't believe it. Don't believe it. And you better start thinking back. All right. Let's see. Yesterday she was fine. Last night she was fine. What did I do? What did I do between last night and this morning or the time that I've come home? And you better figure it out. I know one time I was uh, had gone on a trip. And uh, my wife picked me up at the airport, and everything was fine. And then later that evening, uh-oh, something, something has happened here. Well, on the trip from the airport to the house, I said something. I don't remember what it was, but it was negative. And here she was all looking forward to me coming home and excited about me coming back home. And I'd said something stupid. And then I got to the house, and uh, there was a closet. I remember there was something to do with the closet, and it was kind of messy, and I said something about the messy closet. That's number two. <laughs> and that was a third one. I don't remember what it was. And then uh, 
she's she's just is in this mood and uh it, it ain't changing and it went on through the night and the next day and I'm, I'm at i'm at work and i'm going okay what did i do and then i got to thinking back and i said oh no as many times as i've talked about covert rejection here i am a victim i'm a victim <laughs> So I went back, and when I went home, I said, honey, I, I realized the errors of my ways, and I realized what I've done, and I am sorry. Would you please forgive me? You see, fortunately, that didn't drag on a long time, but there have been times when people have had this happen to them, and one or the other, they're all in knots and they don't even know why and then maybe a few days ago by maybe a month ago by maybe a year ago by and there's somebody angry and they don't even know why they're angry but now communication has broke down and now if something doesn't change this couple's going to break up this family is going to be severely affected. And the thing about counseling is that uh, counseling is like unpeeling an onion or unwrapping a present. You have to unwrap it layer at a time. But see, a good counselor can help you do that. You just you start at where you are and you begin to work back. And you find out where the wound happened. What happened? How did it happen? And then, once you've, you've uncovered that, and you realize what the source of it is, then you start the process of forgiveness. Well, here's the thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness is an emotion. And uh, the one thing in life that you don't just change on a moment is an emotion. It, it's very, very difficult to change somebody's emotion. And so here's somebody is, uh, they're, they're, they've got unforgiveness in their heart and there's anger, there's anger there, bitterness and resentment. How do you begin the process of bringing healing to that? Well, First of all, it's just determination. It says, uh, I choose to forgive. You remember? Remember what I told you earlier? He said, what is my definition of choice or of marriage or of love? It's choice. I choose to forgive, but I'm going to tell you something. You say that, but you don't feel it. Nope. You don't feel it. But uh, you have to resolve I choose to forgive. Well, as soon as you say that, you have an adversary who's against you. And he's against your marriage. He's against your relationship. And he's going to come to you and he's going to accuse you. And he's going to tell you, no, you haven't forgiven. And then what you have to do is that you have to just Tell the devil, 
I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. And he's going to come back again. He's going to make the same accusation. He's going to say, say the same thing. And, and once again, you have to say, devil, I choose to forgive. You remember? James tells us, this is draw nigh to God. Resist. Resist the devil, James says. And he will flee from you. Devil, I choose to forgive. And you see, when you are consistent, I choose to forgive. I rebuke you, devil. You begin to see the fruits of forgiveness. It won't come all of a sudden, but it's just like any other wound. A wound, an open wound is just not going to just heal today or tomorrow. But give it a month, give it two months, and it's an amazing thing when you see a, somebody with a, with a scar and you know that one time that was a terrible wound. But now you just see the, the line there because the healing is complete. Forgiveness is that way. You have to be consistent and you have to keep reminding the devil of it, that the liar that he is. And you just stand on your conviction. I choose to forgive. Yes, people make mistakes. Sometimes people do things that hurt you. And they don't even know that they hurt you. And you don't even know. You, you're not even aware of it. But something has hurt you. And you, you go back and you figure out, now what happened here? You find that wound and begin the process of healing. God can heal your family. God can heal your relationship. But remember the scripture that we read. If you believe that God is able. And uh, we sang that song. We played that song, the tribute quartet, that he is more than able. He is more than able. And I believe that God can do all things. And God can give victory. And our families, oh, Lord Jesus, our families and be healed. Fathers, I come to you today and I think about these things that we've talked about. I think about that there's somebody listening, listen to this broadcast or this podcast and uh, they're hurting. They're hurting. God, you can help them. Help them, Father. Use these principles. Find forgiveness. Find healing. Lord God, you can do this, and we believe it in the name of Jesus. And Father, I do pray for our families, and I pray a hedge about our families, about our loved ones, about our churches, our pastors. Father God, for our nation, oh God, we need help here in America. We need help. Help us, oh God. Help us. Lord, bring peace to this world. And peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.